Welcome to War and Beast, the podcast that, much like the month of March, comes in like a lion and doesn't quite go out like a lamb, even though there's no lamb in this comic. So there you go. I'm Greg. I'm Jordan. It was out like a cheetah. Mm. Or a um, weird turtle dinosaur thing. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Or a story that is reminiscent of... Beast machines for some reason. <laughs> uh, but this week, well, I say this week, this month, we are reviewing the final volume of the Beast Wars comics as well as the annual. <laughs> I'm, it had some good issues, didn't probably end on the way that the writers and artists wanted to. But I mean, they tried to do the best they can. But. Well, you know, you know, the last the last uh, issues they were based on such strong source material based <laughs> based on the truce. Mm. I was wondering if that was going to come up. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, which I really need to rewatch that episode because I have a feeling that I would like it. <laughs> Just because of my 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 feelings about things have changed so much. You did say that you were going to go back and rewatch that. So, yeah, well, maybe eventually, maybe that's what we just need to do. We need to just start the show over. Oh God. <laughs> <The> pilot. <laughs> no, we could, go, we, we, could, we could just do uh, more meta stuff like we've always do. And just review us reviewing the episodes of, of uh, war and beast. Oh yes. Oh man. <laughs> Let, let's place war and beast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh, but yes, so interesting issues. Uh, I mean, we, we go from, we go through issue 13 to 17 as well as the annual. Uh, and And unfortunately there's nothing between 15 and 16 or around when 16 was released. It's hard to, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's just out of, I felt like it was just out of continuity. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not it's not really part of the continuity. I'm just trying to remember like 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 you said like when when it was released they probably had found, just found out that the series was going to be canceled. Yeah. And the last couple of episodes or uh issues feel like like oh now we have to wrap things up. Like they might have had another idea or something like that but then they're like no no we got to we got to finish and, this. First. And I I mean we'll talk about it more but honestly yeah. 
honestly, like it's, uh, I, I think, I think the ending was fine. Like, I mean, it's just the, you know, endings are hard. Canceled endings are, are even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like they, I felt like they, they, they ended it leaving room, leaving room for more. Um, and honestly, like, I don't care. I, I, the Voc, I, I, I think I, I, I think I forgot this, but I, I don't really like the Voc. <laughs> like, I think that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. I, I think that, I think that Beast Wars is stronger. Like, it's cool that it's cool that they incorporated it, that this was like, they really, you know, really taking taking every aspect of the of the story. But Beast Wars, when it just boils down to Maximals going against Predacons, um, is when it's at its best. And uh, yeah. there were some and there were some cool ideas introduced in the last few issues. And, and and just like thinking about this as as like one, if you just think about it as like an eighteen issue uh, run, I thought this was like a really solid. Um, you know, if, if people are fans of beast wars, like this was a really solid 18 issues. Um, Mm -hmm. even if, even if the ending wasn't perfect, but I mean, endings are never good. All, all comic endings are terrible. The end of civil war, everybody hated the end of civil war and everybody hated the end of secret invasion. Everybody hated, Mm -hmm. you know, no, people don't hate the end of Watchmen, but that's the exception. Unless it's the movie. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I think the end of the, the Watchmen movie is even better than the comic. Hmm. I nearly broke my ankle going to see that movie. Would have been worth it. That movie got me through like seven other Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I thought that I liked Zack Snyder because of that movie but I just liked that movie because it's the, it's literally the only Zack Snyder movie that I've ever liked. Cause I didn't like, you know, I didn't like man of steel. I didn't like sucker punch. I didn't like Batman versus Superman. I really didn't like, uh, the Snyder cut of justice league. Uh, I, I never saw 300. Um, yeah, like, like that was, that was the one. And I like identified as a Zack Snyder fan for like, five years after that because of more than five years after that for probably the better part of a decade because of that movie. Cause it is a, and it is a freaking great movie and watch the freaking four hour version. Watch the Snyder cut of it. <laughs> the black, the black. Oh, light. I was about to say that's one that has the, the black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the black <laughs> pearl or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the yeah it has the it has the animated stuff uh like inter intertwined and then it yeah. also has like a ton of extended scenes like like it's it's an it's insane i mean it's literally it's almost four hours long mm-hmm. but is like paced really well and stuff like uh you know people people wanted i mean there's a reason that people were calling for the snyder cut because Zack snyder did have uh, Watchmen and then Batman versus Superman also had a, an extended cut that, that was, oh, yeah, that was better. Right. It was better. I still, Batman versus Superman is still a, is still a mess, but, um, mm-hmm. but like, it's definitely like clearly, clearly there was some, 
artist intent and whatnot. But also I feel like if you're actually good at making movies, then you can make a movie in two hours when you're supposed, when your movie's supposed to be two hours. Yeah. You know, you can say what you have to say in a finite amount of time, but Watchmen is the exception because it's freaking great. And it came out when I was 20 years old. And so therefore anything that comes out when you're 20 years old is the best thing ever. Right. <laughs> then I mean, pretty much. 2000 or actually I would have been 20, maybe I was 21 because it came out in 2009, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right around there. God, that's making me feel <laughs> old. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, so 2009, where was I? Oh yeah, I was here. It's like, wow, that was like all the crap yeah, 14 yeah. years ago now. But I mean, but I mean, literally, you know, but I mean, to be fair, to be fair, the best culture of all time was all produced between 2006 and 2009. I mean, those were, those were golden era. That was a golden era for, for movies and TV and comic books. And everything was the best from those years that I just picked out. See, I've got the video turned off now. So candle can't see my face. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Cause my eye is like squinting a little bit on the left side. And it's like, Ooh, I mean, I mean, 2009 was, or well, two that like 2008, you had, you had Iron Man. So we're in the, so, you know, you're in the run up to, that's the run up to the first Avengers movie. Uh, you had, uh, dark Knight also came out in 2008. Uh, 2007 had like Juno and super bad, uh, you had uh, one of those years was forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like in that in that chunk, you had the you had the Apatow movies, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, I Love You Man, Role Models. Um, like comic book wise, you're talking about uh, Brubaker, Captain America. You're talking about uh, um, yeah, like Civil War, Bendis on uh, on New Avengers. Uh, uh, Jeff Johns Green Lantern run, uh, end of the Grant Morrison Batman run, uh, and then um, and then like TV, like you know Breaking Bad is just getting started. A lot of those, a lot of the kind of stuff around that that would eventually become the streaming stuff is 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 happening. You know, Community started in two thousand eight. Uh, Glee was good for a minute. How I Met Your Mother was like in its prime. Lots of good stuff. I'm starting to think. Was Blockbuster still around then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, it, was, it was the start of the downfall of Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I would say that was like when 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 Blockbuster wouldn't just have a freaking subscription service, like. Yeah. I feel like I would have, I would have loved, and I mean, maybe I would maybe because like, cause Netflix was all, this was before Netflix streaming. It was the Netflix disc service, yes. which was bad because you had to mail things. And yeah. then Blockbuster has these brick and mortar locations. If they just would have had, if you could have just, you know, paid $15 a month to be able to go in and swap out a movie every day, mm-hmm. like that, that would have been great. And Blockbuster probably would still be around today, but and, and I, I think eventually they, they offered that briefly, but it was I just too, too too little too late. Yeah, yeah, too little too late. And I know that there was like pop up places around here 
with something called Redbox. So it was almost like a right. vending Redbox. machine. Right. Redbox for was, DVDs. was still Redbox is still kind of around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Redbox wow. still definitely exists. Uh they, but um they've been gone from it here was, for a long time. Redbox, I think, was was just starting <clears> up. I remember when I remember when there were like a lot of commercials for like wanting people to invest in Redbox. Yeah. And like that would have been that would have been a cash cow. Like you just <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you just have to, you, you spend like 20 minutes a week servicing the vent, the vending machine and just get money hand over fist, you know, paying people paying a dollar a day for a, you know, a, a DVD that you probably spent 45 cents on. Mm. But then you'd have to worry about whether or not they would keep the DVD or not. Well, yeah, then I, yeah, I don't know. Well, then you have their credit card information. So you True. just charge them for it. <laughs> yeah. 45 cents however however much it yeah i don't know i yeah uh, no trust me Redbox definitely would would charge you if you did not return uh the dvds uh as someone who works in the uh credit card fraud industry uh people <laughs> called and said i have this charge from Redbox. i don't know what it's from and it's like uh did you keep a movie too long um and they would say yes but <laughs> This is not a this is not a history of pop culture podcast. That's true. This is a Beast Wars podcast. It's very true. <laughs> this is all Greg's fault for bringing up the Watchmen movie. <laughs> I didn't bring up the Watchmen movie. You you definitely did. You definitely did because I was talking about endings and you were like, except the Watchmen movie. Oh. So you said except yeah because you said you, okay you mentioned fine. The one. Or no, no, including no, no, no. the Watchmen movie, or anyway, you, you were saying yeah. the what? Yeah. I said the ending of Watchmen was good, and you and said, says, but not the, the movie. movie. movie That's version. what it was. Uh, yeah, play back the tape. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Technical difficulties. Whoever, whoever it was, whoever it is that edits this show. <laughs> oh my! But yes, so I mean, obviously, with it being a comic book, I don't think we have anything on IMDb, and I'm assuming Kettle, you didn't look. <laughs> No, not this time. No. Uh, this was, but uh, but that was my segment. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Anything really, in the TF wiki, Jordan, or any other corners of the internet that you uh, delved into? I think it's usually, I'll try and just bring them up as we go from parts to parts. I mean, right on. like, I mean, just, just from the first issue, like I was like, oh, there's a couple of things there. And it's already mentioned in like references and stuff like that. I'm like, well, when we get to it i'll get to it and yeah try to pop them in if they're if they're of interest or or at least you know something fun to talk about Mm -hmm. um so one of the things that sort of threw me with this first issue of this volume um also, the fact that we have Winston Chan back for this, for the art for this issue yeah. instead of Josh Bertram. Uh, so I'm just going to throw that out there. The, the thing with, so this is a very Cheetor centric issue. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially, oh, great, my comma crashed. <laughs> there we go. Now it's back up, I think. Hopefully it better be. There we go. Um, so it's talking about the battle that we have from last issue. And we're sort of seeing everything from Cheetor's perspective. And then it's, it looks, it shows that 
At least I assume it's the battle from last issue. I took it as just like it was just a battle. Okay. Yeah, I was starting. I'm starting to. Th- I was starting to think that it was a different battle, mostly because they're in a field of Inertron. And as far as I can remember, they they haven't. The last battle wasn't directly in Inertron. True, but we had some floating islands, so I guess that threw me off a little bit. Uh, um. So. I thought at first that this was the battle from last issue, and I was like, well, wait, I don't remember exploding Energon near Cheetor. And I literally went back to the last issue to see if it happened. But it didn't. So I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> a little weird. So, yeah, it, it sort of references a battle, and there's a block of Energon that gets exploded right next to Cheetor. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's back on Cybertron and he's getting looked after by a character referred to as cat scan in the, the start of this issue. And they're like, Oh yeah, you know, your diagnosis was perfect. And they, they, they make reference to the Tiwaz maneuver, which is going to be a theme in the issue. I just love like how he, he, he asks out of nowhere, which I, in any other situation, I'd be like, what, why what's going on like it's yeah mm-hmm. it should be like ringing red bell you know like red flags and bells and already if something like that it's 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 basically like i don't know maybe i've just watched stuff like the prisoner too much where like you wake up and it's like oh it's great to see how you're doing by the way how's that incredibly important secret that you've been having for <laughs> 20 years ago that we that people sometimes wondered about how's that going for you hmm yeah. So, but so I also that, think, but I also think it, it it works it works really well here because, like, in comics you don't have a lot of time, especially like a regular length comic, like you don't have a lot of time to just dilly dally and stuff. And I kind of like that it, he, you know, you kind of figure out what's going on pretty quickly in the in the issue. Um, I also really like uh, the the Cybertronian designs. Um, yeah. Like um, they they really like because I always historically i complain about about non beast characters mm-hmm. like all the robots look the same and i think that that's i think a lot of that has to do with limitations when you're trying to make di- when you're trying to base your updated designs on g1 designs where some of the characters do look very similar like you yeah. know ultra magnus does look very similar to to uh, optimus if you're you know if you don't, if you don't have, like, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to do an updated version of the character, there's a good chance that Ultra Magnus and Optimus are going to look similar, or, or uh, various other ones. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them that, that kind of, you know, have some, have some similar characteristics. But in this, like, I, I really felt like all the Cybertronian designs were, were really unique, while still mm-hmm. clearly being, like, Cybertronian. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like, yeah, yeah, this was, a this was interesting a enough. The, the cat scan character was a convention exclusive, like the oh. GF wiki mentions, like it was, there was a beast machines redeco convention exclusive of it that, uh, that's what the character name came from. And then, uh, Winston Chan basically made their own, like, original body f- for the char- for the Cybertronian character version of Cat Scan. So was it supposed to be like a redeco of Rattrap? Uh it was more like a 
supposedly a a nod to Cheetor's unproduced transectoid says. Okay. So I I don't know. Maybe the head might have been from that, but the body itself, with like the wheels and set, was supposed to, was supposed to be based off of that. Oh, okay. Well, we we follow Cheetor as they're sort of a little confused. They go to a bar, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a Macadam reference in yes. the panel here? Okay. Yeah. Because we see we see Cheetor heading to a bar, and we see a M A C C, and then it's cut off by the panel. But yeah, we we definitely have a Macadam reference here. So what's what is that? It's kind of a running uh, bar uh, theme thing that uh, comes up in a lot of Transformer comics. Um, it's gone. It's it's supposed to be basically like a neutral ground in a lot of in a lot of series. Okay. Um, and it's just basically like you know where a lot of basically like you know how like if uh, someone was talking about like oh uh, a a a dive bar in Star Wars we go to Moss Eisley Katina right, or something like right. that. Right. That's kind of like what Ma- uh, McAdams is. It's like the McAdams old oil house is just kind of like one of those mainstays of let's reference this. It's like, uh, it's like Lauren's, it's like Lauren's place in, uh, but in, uh, angel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I, I got, I have references too. <laughs> there you go. I think at Wait. one point it was even owned by blur. I think. Something like that. It yeah. Was in, one, that, in, one, in one, in one continuity in the comics. Is yes. that, yeah. In the yeah okay I remember somebody owned a bar in the comics I like that I like that man I always wish that I had a bar that I could go to <laughs> like you know like a you know like a Cheers type place or whatever like and I have no look, your name. there are there are local businesses where over the years I've felt I've felt at home you know going to Waffle House and have and seeing the same waitresses or or you know the comic book shop obviously and gaming shops and things but. Aside from, I mean, I, I guess when I did, when I did open mics, I, I, uh, there were a few bars that I would, um, you know, go to and like, you know, got to know the staff or whatever. But first of all, that was when I was like 22, like I've never gone to like an old people bar because <clears throat> I'm always afraid. I'm always afraid that, uh, I live in Ohio and, um, a lot of the bars in Columbus, uh, the clientele is, shall we say problematic? That's fair. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I kind of, I've always kind of avoided that, but I've always kind of wanted to have like a, you know, a hangout and there is, I mean, there's, there are, I'm sure that if I, I the other problem is that you go to a bar and you spend $5 on a beer yeah, and, uh, <laughs> or, or $10 on a beer and, I could have alcohol at home. And I mean, how much is a beer really? What? Like 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on the bar you go to. It depends on the beer, but the cat cafe that I went to the other day, they did their beer was $8. Um, so that's a, you know, that's how much it costs at a cat cafe. There you go. For like a, I'm sure what I'm sure was terrible beer. 
because the coffee was not good. So mm-hmm. the coffee wasn't good. Then probably the beer wasn't either. Mm. The cats were unremarkable as well. Aww. But yes, yeah, speaking but of it's, cats. It's, it's not like the cats are going to put on their airs for you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but speaking of cats, che- Cheetor uh, is uh, approached by a couple of other bots uh, talking about how he, uh, he was in uh, in the Afterburner Memorial Speedway <laughs> talking about his race. And, you know, they're 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 chatting him up. And then they also talk about the maneuver. He's like, and uh, they also mentioned Nix. Yes. Like even these two, like they look, they look totally Cybertronian, totally Transformers in their design, but also very distinct. Even though they're the same color, they're very distinct. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really appreciate that just because that, that's something that I've, that I genuinely, you know, that I genuinely struggle with. It's not just a bit. Um, or, or a chip on my shoulder or whatever, but like, I genuinely do struggle when I'm, especially like if I'm, you know, like even when we were watching war for Cybertron, like until I got to know those characters, they all kind of look similar to me, you know? So, Mm -hmm. well, to be fair, a lot of them do look similar to one another. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's yes. Yes. But, uh, but so I want to give, you know, so I want to give credit here. Yeah. Yeah continue to give credit because oh. that's all I can do. That's what we're here for is to celebrate <laughs> exactly. this, this excellent yeah. work of comic book literature that probably, you know, that probably didn't, I, I imagine not that many people read this. It's hard to say the 17 issues, I guess kind of proves that. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I mean, it got canceled because Hasbro. Yeah. Hasbro too. license went away from IDW. I, I, I think it, I think it probably would have, um, I suspect that it, cause I suspect that if it, um, this is total speculation, but just kind of like what I know about comics, I suspect if it had gotten canceled because of sales that it would have either that, first of all, it wouldn't have made three volumes. It probably would have been just two volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, and second of all, uh, it would have either ended like the last volume either would have been a very, very conclusive ending or it would just have like totally cut off like mid storyline. Yeah. Um, I, I think the way that they did it here where they clearly had at least a little bit of time to wrap things up suggests to me that it was just, it was because, uh, the, the license, the, the Hasbro license left, I left IDW. Yeah. They only had a certain amount of time. Yeah, they, they had, cause I mean, it was released in like November, and yeah. and the license went away at the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so we we get Cheetor who, in his mind, he he knows that there's there's something off. He's remembering the events that occurred before he got here. Uh, the fact that they brought up Nix, even though he didn't meet Nix until he was actually on the ship. And at one point he starts, you know, having some, some issues. And then all of a sudden he's confronted with what I will say, quote unquote, dark cheetor. Uh, Blue cheetor. Yeah. The, the red eye version. Purple, 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 indigo, blue. Yeah. Violated. 
And and they're having a, a back and forth uh, where Cheetor thinks that this is a dream, and Blue Cheetor is like, "No, this you're, you're incorrect in the assumption that this is a dream." And they identify themselves as Pakak, uh, one of the stewards of the world that their people invaded. So they they ha- continue to have a bit of a back and forth. Uh, Pakak is apparently trying to get information from Cheetor um, and does in fact identify himself as a member of the Vok and that they are energy beings. Um, they also note that the particulars of their protoform pods are hidden from them, which is something he was trying to, to get some info on. As long but, as well as the T-Waz maneuver. Yes. <laughs> by, by the way, I actually looked up what the word T was, and apparently that's a Nordic rune. Hmm. Oh, okay. The the okay. you know the the spear looking one. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's 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 kind of like one of the common things that I, when you see like a bunch of runes, it's it's usually the the like line with a little tick on it that looks like a spear. Kind of is one of the ones I always remember seeing. So. I don't know. Maybe someone will actually recognize that. Maybe. So we, we get a bit of a, a bit where Cheetor is trying to run away from, from this Vox. And he's still, still not truly believing that this is actually happening. Yeah. Anywhere. And the, the cock manages to, to sort of, uses energy abilities to, to try and hurt Cheetor, you know, basically threatens him saying, you know, you need to, to tell me what you know. And Cheetor basically laughs it off because Cheetor's yeah, like, yeah. like you, you're threatening to kill me. He's like, obviously you can't get the information out of my brain unless I tell you. So your threats are kind of hollow because if you kill me, you're still not going to get the information that you want anyway. So it's a loose loose for you. Yeah, he's like, all you do is convince me that this is real, no, and not a dream. Yeah. yeah. So, as a final sort of gambit, I guess you could say, Pakak winds up uh, offering a wager that if Cheetor can can beat him in a race, uh, that you know, if you win, he's going to stop suppressing his consciousness and allow you to fully come back online. However, if you lose, then Cheetor has to allow full access to the entirety of his mind. Amazing. It's yeah. freaking amazing. <laughs> this is, this is like, this, this, this issue is so great. This is such yeah. a, it's such a perfect, like, like, I look, I love modern, modern comic book t- storytelling, but I do also, but I also love, and when, when you can have, just these like self-contained stories that like play into tropes or, or whatever. It's just this, like it's this, it's this idea that like the like comic book, the comic book storytelling is not precious. Mm -hmm. And, and so you can have, um, and I mean, there's a whole, you know, there's, there's all, there's always this, like, you know, the zeitgeist, the, the, whatever, the, the 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 what do you call the thing when the what people are talking about on the internet the the discourse yes. about like about like uh you know 
filler episodes in in because uh, now all of us us forty year olds are <laughs> are watching chil- are still watching children's television and uh, and and expect expect it all to be serialized storytelling and, mm-hmm. and you know continuity and, and driven yeah continuity <laughs> driven and, and stuff. but like filler stuff is where you get that's where you get character development and and uh and this and and i think in comic books is such a perfect it's such a perfect medium for these small uh uh and i mean filler is a bad word for it but like self-contained stories and man having a having a a, a this weird god being uh have have uh be all in a dream and he turns into blur so that he can have yeah, a race with Cheetor. To touch, touch on that because because <laughs> che- Cheetor's like, you know what? Sure, because there's not a Cybertronian alive that can match my speed. <laughs> and Palak is like, yeah, you're right. And then he turns into Blur. <laughs> and that's just so great. That's like, I mean, it would be like if Superman was talking to Mister Mixes Piddle or, or, or like Mister Mixes Piddleic or. Superman or, or Flash were talking to him and it was like I'm Flash is like I'm the fastest man alive and he's like oh you're right and this is you know and this is like uh you know in the night say this was like in the 90s when when Wally West is the Flash yes. and then he tur- and then Mr. Mixes Pitlick turns into Barry Allen yeah you know when Barry <laughs> Allen is still dead like it's such a that is such a perfect that is exactly <laughs> a a comic book pitch um I love that. I love the race. I love seeing them. You know, I mean, they are very, very the drawn like the flash where you can yeah. see their streaks. Um, you know, the, yeah, the guy talk been, about the, the racetrack and they pull back and it's circuitry is also a really nice touch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's like, he's like, you're not supposed to know where you're going, but like you actually are supposed to know where you're going. Um, also I'll say like, the the it's all a dream thing has happened a million times in uh in in comics and it's happened a million times in tv shows a lot of times it's like weirdly anti there's a tv trope of it where it's like weirdly like anti psychiatrists like Mm. there's always like a bad guy psychiatrist who's trying to get you to take your anti-depression meds um you know, and then, and then like the way that the person gets back into real life is they dump their depression meds down the toilet, uh, which is not maybe a great thing. I yeah. always had it. I, I, part of me, like the conspiratorial tinfoil hat person in me, uh, thinks that that, uh, that those episodes were, pro- are probably there because Scientologists control the, uh, all control Hollywood, but um, but that maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's racist. I don't, or it's not racist, but like, maybe that's, maybe that's generalizing, but also bias you know, of some sort. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm biased, but also I, you know, I watched some documentaries and I used to live in I Hollywood mean, and there are a lot of Scientologists in Hollywood, believe it or not. Um, and I mean, I, I get the idea that like maybe they're points. It's not that there are, you know, get rid of your anti-depression, depression or something like that. Some of that comes from like, Oh, they're putting something in your in your drugs, or like, how can you right, trust what right. they give you? Not not right. so much as like these things help you, which there are some people who think that, but and then there's also there's also like it, uh, when I'm talking about those tropes, 
it was at a time where there was a perception, correct or incorrect, that uh, that people were being over medicated. Yeah. Um, which which may have been a thing. Like I'm sure there's more stuff. That's why I said it's my my tinfoil hat theory. But uh, but anyway, so I've seen a lot of that stuff. My favorite my favorite Superman comic of all time is for the man who has everything. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Which for those who for those who don't know the, the reference, uh, it's Superman's birthday. Yep. And uh, Batman gives Superman a special flower, and Wonder Woman gives him I forget what what she gives. I think she like Wait, she names a star after him or something. Was that it, or did Wonder Woman give him the flower, and Batman was going to give him cash? I may, yeah maybe or maybe I I'm can't. thinking that I know that was the cartoon, but. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't exactly. Yeah. It's been it's been there a little was, while since I read it. But the point. But then, yeah, and and the yeah, there's a great cartoon adaptation of it. Yeah. But Mongol shows up with the Black Mercy plant, which uh, causes, which causes Superman to, uh, like, wake up in a world where Krypton was never destroyed, and yeah, sort of have to figure out. Yeah. It's. And it actually does it like really. I mean, in a way that only Alan Moore could. Uh, you know, we were talking about Watchmen earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, like it, it subverts even that trope, even though it's like the thing that is, yeah, that is that trope. It's it's a great it's a great single issue, and sometimes that that story is done well, and sometimes that story is done poorly. And I think here, um, especially just in the limitations of a twenty two page comic, uh, it's it's great. It's it's just it's great. And then and then Cheetor wakes up. Or they're gonna, or they want him to wake up, and they're like, he. Yeah. Know. So we we do get a little bit of Optimus and Rhinox wondering why Cheater hasn't woke up because his repairs are pretty much done, but it's sort of like something's going on with his subconscious is not letting him wake up. Uh, and then we go back to him and and the Vok who are racing one another. Cheetor uh, is distracted by hearing Optimus at one point, and so. The Vok passes him, then he winds up passing him and wins the race. But as it turns out, it wasn't actually a race that he could win because the race is on his circuit board and Cheetor wasn't thinking. So he was more accessing the memory of his circuits for the track, which allowed the Vok to be able to get the information, not about the Tawaz maneuver that everybody was talking about. Which but they the actually protocols. say they say it was just a, something from his athlete's day, so it was probably just yeah. a play, a play or something like that. Which yeah. I, I'm kind of nice that they di- that they did actually tell you what it was. Yeah, because it was a red herring. Mm-hmm. Because we get uh, Cheetor uh, realize learning that it was more the information about the protoforms, and also Cheetor goes from his Cybertronian form back to his Cheetah form. And wins oh, this. The race. Random th- random thought. I just remembered uh, speaking of the the it's all a dream and the psychiatrists are out to get you. Um, the Smallville episode where uh, where that I, I don't remember if it's a Black Mercy or if it's something else. It seems like it should have been the Black Mercy, but uh, where Clark uh, has the hallucination of like I'm I'm gonna. Uh, I, I, I want to, I need to get out of here. Um, it also introduces the Martian Manhunter 
Oh, which is cool because yeah. because he's in an insane asylum and somebody walks up to him and he's like, I believe you that I'm an alien or that you're an alien. I'm also an alien. I'm from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but he's in his he's in he's in his room and he sees all these different things that like uh, are like, oh, this is how this is how you had that hallucination. This is the item that's mm-hmm. in your room that links to your and I can't remember any of the any of the um, any of the items except for one is there's a, a bottle of hand sanitizer and the hand sanitizer b- brand is Jarrell. <laughs> <laughs> and that just like lives rent free in my head forever. <laughs> uh, but, oh, that show was so good. Um, so Cheetor. It, I think that episode was probably from 2006. Uh, so the the Vok winds up awaking Cheetor, who was trying to stop him. Uh, he immediately starts to try and tell Optimus what happened, mentions the Vok, and then gets shut down again. And his system apparently was hard rebooted, according to Rhinox, and that he didn't initiate it. Uh, Cheetor then wakes up again and says that his head's killing him, and Optimus asks, what about the, what's this Vok? And he's like, I have never heard that word before in my life. And then we see the Vok disappear. And that's the end of the issue. So interesting little standalone issue. uh, I also, the TF wiki mentioned, and I thought it was also interesting point that it's not actually improbable that uh, Cheetor was having this kind of weird dream inside his mind, because Mm -hmm. even in the beast wars and beast machines cartoons, he had these, bit of prophetic weird yes. dreams at times too so oh yeah that was a thing yeah yeah, yeah. so and i think we mentioned that just because he's so fast as a cheetah he sees the future kind of joking yep. stuff like that but yeah it's 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 actually a really neat sub very subtle nod if you mm-hmm. ask me of of uh of just like cheetah's character that you know he he has some of this like extrasensory abilities or 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 flashes at times Still makes me wonder if they've listened to this podcast. <laughs> really does, especially with the next couple of issues, because going from that issue immediately into issue 14, we've got we open with Waspinator and Scorponok who are fighting a bunch of wildlife, which seems a little weird. And it turns <laughs> out that they've been riled up due to this red energon, which I'm thinking has a reference to superman it's yes yes it is it's freaking red kryptonite it's yeah. exactly from smallville <laughs> so they bring it back to tarantulas who is examining it and you can for it for anybody who watched the show you know what's coming with this because they're like oh well, it, it seemed to increase their ing- aggression and anger <laughs> and scorpionok and waspin are like well, it didn't really affect us. And Tranch is like, well, maybe that should be something that you two should consider then. But Megatron seems pretty keen on it. And as we go to Dinobot and Optimus, who are planting some, some new sensors, they're ambushed by Black Arachnia and Tarantulas, and a bomb is attached to the back of Dinobot. And I, 
I just love how they play it like right in the because he's in uh, yeah, dino he's form. In, he's in dino he's, form here. They stick and they it right in the middle of his back, where he can't just reach it with his claws or or any other thing. So it's yeah. just and the just kicker the is, image of him trying to scratch yeah. it, scratch away. And the kicker of it as well is if he transforms, then the bomb is going to go inside his chest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's kind of a cool that's a cool thing that I don't feel like we've ever use that where like I, we always did like appreciate the, 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 the way in, um, in beast wars in beast wars, not in beast machines. Cause they changed mm-hmm. it in beast machines, but the way that you actually saw them, you know, spin their legs around and moving the pieces, like, like there's a, there's a, a physicality to it. Yes. So, but I don't feel like that's ever been like, I, I want to say there was something, there were things that like prevented them from transforming for various reasons, but I don't feel like literally like if I transform, this piece will go into my chest. Yeah. Uh, was, was ever, was ever used. Yeah, that's, that's a really if, interesting. If, yeah. And advice. if it is, it's, it's very rarely done. Like it's not, yeah. a, it's not a plot point that's brought up, which is why, like I mentioned, uh, one of the things I do like about the Bay former, uh, movies and stuff like that is the, the thing where they can transform around stuff, yeah. you know, like, like I think even in like the new, even new in the trailer, new the new happens, trailer yeah. they should, they show the, the car literally transforming to go backwards. Like it's not turning yeah. around. It transforms around. Like, yeah, I love, I love seeing things like that where they are like, Oh yeah, well we know that this space here needs not to be part of the transformation, you know, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, um, the the bay formers it's almost like the way that the way that the transformations mostly work although not so much in maybe in bumblebee is more like it's more like there's a it's almost like a a cuz they scan stuff and everything it's like they have like almost like a hologram like a yeah. hard hologram around them mm-hmm. um and then and then things flip around and then like the pieces change and stuff so it's a it's a little different it's a little different look but I think it were I mean, I think it I think, you know, that's not the problem with the Bayformers movies. Um <laughs> Oh, there are problems, but we aren't getting into those. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh but but I do I do think that that's like there are there's more than one interesting way of doing it, and I think it's interesting here that uh they they stick, you know, stick to the source material where it is like uh like a toy where something literally would have to flip around and yeah. You know, of course, then like, is his spark next to his, next to his chest? Like, like does the spark yeah, also stand designs are sort of similar. So one would assume. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, the bomb goes off. We get, uh, Optimus coming back online, seeing Rhinox and Dinobot is, is nearby. It looks like he's leaning on a cane that looks reminiscent of his sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's using his sword as a cane because this ver- I just remembered that this version of Dinobot is like permanently injured injured. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> it, Optimus immediately slugs Rhinox when he comes back online. <laughs> it's like, where were you? And he you, you we know that this is exactly how we're seeing not point for point, but this is basically Gorilla the episode of Gorilla Warfare. That we're, mm-hmm. that we're getting again in comic book form. Um, Kendall, I had seen your, your comments <laughs> earlier about one particular panel uh, <laughs> saying, in fact, I'm lucky Dinobot didn't cost me my life, 
buy the Matrix on a ship full of nerds. I never thought it'd be the warrior. I'd have to worry about watching that back. I love he calls them nerds. Like, I, I don't know. I love I love this. I love this little bit. <clears throat> and I feel like it's getting meta here. Yeah. Like, like I really do feel, I, I feel like there is the, like, I think later, a little bit later in the issue, like they talk about, like, is he going to go kill Megatron? It's like, well, <laughs> is that bad? I, I'm not sure. Like, it's the whole, like, Maximals have no end game. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's, I, I feel like this, this issue, the, the, and like, even through the end, uh, the, the comic suddenly gets very meta. Mm-hmm. The, um, the funny thing is, is that Rhinox uh, mentions, well, Dinobot, how come you don't seem as affected by it? And Dinobots, so instead of anybody cluing in it, maybe because they were in their beast forms, it didn't really affect them. Dinobot instead says, well, you know, I hated most of my Predacon crewmates. And I've wanted nothing more than the murder rat traps that have been here. But he's still alive, so maybe I was affected, but I'm just really good at handling my aggression. So it's like, it actually, and this is actually like, again, freaking Red Kryptonite stuff. Like, they actually do in like the second Red Kryptonite episode of Smallville. Um, Clark's mom actually is like, you know you do maybe you should blow off some steam occasionally. Like, I mean, obviously you don't, you know, you do a bunch of terrible things when you have the red kryptonite, but I mean, maybe that's, I mean, all the red kryptonite does is lowers your inhibitions. So, you know, if this is, if this is you being honest, then maybe you need to deal with that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so actually, you know, he's very, he's very mentally, uh, mentally healthy. Uh, 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 you know, you know, he's, he's, he's self-aware that he's, you know, that he's got these, uh, these angry, these, uh, you know, these angry urges and desires and stuff. And he's got them, you know, he, he's, he's just, you know, he, he just feels, he lets himself feel it and, uh, you know, and, and knows how to, knows how to manage it. So he's, you know, he's just, so you could say that, uh, that Clark needs, needs a, a pawn far. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 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 Um, also, also reminds me of an, uh, there's a moment in Ted Lasso where, um, I can't remember. I can't remember what he, he asks one of the soccer players something and the soccer player responds. Oh man. Like with something like, you know, I'm very self-confident or something like that. I'm gonna have to look up the quote. You keep talking. So okay. I I wanted to well well I just want to point out one of my favorite red kryptonite things was uh, back in Batman Brave and the Bold they did an absolute wonderful setup of it where uh, at the beginning like uh, it was you know Batman was helping out Superman and stuff like that and Superman got oh, a gift yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was there yeah. and that whole episode was like an homage to uh, superdickery.com that old <laughs> website where it was like look at all these old golden age uh, Superman co- covers that make no sense whatsoever, mm-hmm. you know, like where he was wearing the Pope hat because he got mad and just took over the world. Or uh, <laughs> one of my fi- one of my favorite parts is where like it's like like Jimmy's like yeah, I, and when I gave him a birthday gift, he was a really you know mean about it, and, and it shows him and it's like 
and back, you know, like Superman's point out this gift of a sweater, and he's like, this is horrible, Jimmy. I have to destroy it, and just immediately burns it with his heat vision. <laughs> and and they're talking about, yeah, ever since, you know, for a while now, that, you know, Superman's been acting really bad, and like, Jimmy's like, yeah, he's been acting like a real de-. and then, uh, Lois cuts in different person. <laughs> So like they knew what they were doing, and it w- and they ended it with super ventriloquy. <laughs> oh, that's right, they did. Yeah, I remember it's like, that. <laughs> it's like okay, I found the quote. Yeah. Yes, I don't know if you did. You guys watch Ted Lasso? Not really. I don't uh, think okay. so. It's it's very good. I think um, I think but was it made really, between two thousand six and two thousand four? Really like no, it was made like it was made in like. Like just a few years ago, it's on Apple yeah. TV. It's probably why you guys haven't seen it, but mm. yeah. Um, but I definitely hard recommend. It's a, it's um, it's it's for those who haven't seen it. It's it's sort of it's sort of uh, the first season is sort of major league, uh, but with soccer, mm-hmm. um, but also like with like so much heart, like and just like mm-hmm. all the you just want to like hug all the characters, um. And, uh, so in this, it's one of the first episodes, Jamie Tart, who is like this, like kind of prima Donna soccer player, um, uh, Ted, Ted Lasso, who's the, the coach, he's a football coach from America who gets brought to England to be a soccer coach. Um, and that's the joke, uh, played by, uh, what's his name? Um, I forget. <laughs> the famous guy, the guy that <laughs> that I can picture, the dude with the face, Jason Sudeikis. Jason oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, oh, um, okay. but uh, he said he asked he re- he's randomly talking to somebody and he asked Jamie Far or Jamie Tart, uh, would you rather be a lion or a panda? And he says, Coach, I'm me. Why would I want to be anything else? And Ted Lasso says, I'm not sure you realize how psychologically healthy that actually is. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was I don't know, it was just like. That's the whole show right there. Like if you got a chuckle out of that and like, or like, that's a great line. That's the whole show. Watch the show. Sorry. I'm getting off topic, but I know that we're, I know that we're, we're going into these good issues really, (laughs) really tightly. Uh, I suspect that we will have less to say about the next few issues. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we, we get, uh, Optus basically beats up Nick's. Then he, he backhands (laughs) Cheetor. He, I love how that backhand looks exactly like yeah, the, the it looks like Batman and the Robin Batman slapping Robin slap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like I sent bad. you guys that first that first <laughs> screenshot because I did not realize that the next three pages, every <laughs> single panel was going to be amazing. Yeah, like I don't even know which is that. You said the Cheetor one, like the the one the one with Nick, where he tells Nix to shut up is great. Yep. And then the one where he says, I'm, I'm sick of it. And like throws Nick's across the room is great. Like this every, you know, I, I talk a lot about like, sometimes I will like go, I mean, I buy my, my weekly books obviously, but like, sometimes I don't really chase back issues, like money back issues anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes if, if I read a comic, that's like, that like I especially liked, I will, I will buy that and, you know, and, and have it to display or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have the, uh, whatever, whichever issue it is of transformers. That is the gun issue. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was going to buy the first issue 
And then I read this issue and it's like, which one, which one do I try? I mean, I'm sure I could get both of them for, you know, for cover price or less, but, um, I mean, maybe I, it's probably the whole runs available on eBay for 20 bucks, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah, I was like, it was like two, two bangers in a row, like two great, 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 great issues in a row that I will, that will like live in my head forever. Yeah. But, but yeah, we, we get some pretty, pretty good interactions, like definitely funny. There's definitely some callbacks to other stuff. Some references made, uh, we get Rhinox who manages to sort of bear hug Optimus from behind to sort of hold him. Um, and Dinobot, you know, had, like is in Optimus's face and says you showed Megatron a mercy. He didn't deserve. So why don't you focus your anger on him instead? And Optimus <laughs> well, breaks free. He's like, you're, like right. Yep, Megatron, you're right. Megatron. You're right. You're right. I should go. I should go fight the bad guys. Yeah. Like they, they even do like a little thing where he's like, aren't you? You're more mad at yourself for letting Megatron get away. Shouldn't you just, you know? <laughs> Yeah. It, it is it is wonderful how they just like well we're he's gonna have to work through it let's just like, turn they're just somewhere like, they're just like oh he'll tire himself out he's gonna sleep so well tonight yep <laughs> yep I've said that about my grandkids before it doesn't really happen <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we then we then we get Megatron who's like trying to fix something and Scold is has is holding it for him. And he, you know, was sort of cursing himself. He didn't think the Maximals would be as good at damaging their ship as what he thought. Um, so actually, then- let me let me jump in with one more one more uh, random comment. Um, you said you said that about your grandkids. Now, what I will say, I uh, my parents used to have a very small dog. He lived a very long, uh, uh, as I guess as happy as a miserable small dog can be, uh, mm-hmm. life. Uh, uh, he was like, he lived to be like 16. So, you know, oh, not wow. a tragedy or anything, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, that he's not around anymore. Um, but I would, I would take care of him when they would go out of town and, um, you go through kind of phases with dog ownership, especially that type of dog yes. that is just going to like constantly be barking or constantly be like, he, he was not a, he was not a mild mannered dog. No. Um, but like we'd be out taking the dog for a walk and the, the dog across the street would pass and the two dogs would like bark at each other for a couple minutes. And it was like, it was like the other, the other dog owners would be like, would be like trying to get their dog to be quiet. And I'm like, this is great. He's barking while we're at, well, I've got him out taking a walk. <laughs> and the reason you take, you take him on a walk is to, you know, get them to use up their pent up energy. If they're going to, they're going to yap. I'd rather him do that here while we're outside. Well, I'm, you know, well, I'm actually trying to wear him out. than have him do that. As soon as somebody in the, in the, in a, a five mile radius goes out on their front porch while I'm trying to watch TV, you know? So, so yeah, it totally makes sense. And so it totally, that's exactly what they're doing here. They're like, hmm. <laughs> He's beating all of us up. If he's going to punch somebody, he may as well punch the people that we're at war with. True. Very true. But yeah, we, we get uh, uh, Megatron who uh, Waspinator summons him, uh, tells him that he needs to come up once that a Maximal has fallen into a trap and then he's there for the taking. So Megatron starts following him. They go into a forest. And it turns out that it's Megatron who's in a trap because for some reason Waspinator 
attacks him, but then it turns out this is not, in fact, Waspinator. This is a a new Transformer named Saberback. So you so. think halfway through this issue is when they, uh, halfway through plotting this issue is when they figured out that they were canceled? They were going to Probably. <laughs> Probably. We, we, we cut back to, to Optimus, who is swinging through trees in his gorilla form, and he's attacked by Polar bear in the woods. Polar claw. (laughs) Yep. Like, oh my god, I like, I was so happy when I saw this. I have a polar claw figure from way back, you know, in the original times. Polar claw was like the the first. I think what we would call like mega level. Yeah. Like they had the they had the 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 five dollar ones that were like yeah those like rat trap and stuff. Then they had the ten dollar ones. That were uh, that were like Cheetor and Rhinox, and then they had the twenty dollars ones, which were Optimus and and uh, Megatron, and then the fifteen dollars ones were Polar Claw and Scorponok. Yep. And 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 like, and I mean, Polar Claw is a good design and a you know a cool like, but never was on the show and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, I was so happy to see him here. This is like yep. just as as cool. It's total fan service, total <laughs> cynical, whatever. But really cool. Really happy to see Polar Claw. Yep. But uh, sadly, this this fight does not go well for Optimus because Polar Claw, Polar Claw. So Polar Bear versus Gorilla. I'm not sure exactly how this fight would go in in the wild but he manages to to grab optimus and not so much bear hug him but you know sort of grab him and then transforms while holding him and then manages to shoot a sort of like a repulsor beam out of his palm directly into optimus's chest and uh then polar claw like saberback Man, it radios somebody saying that uh, that Optimus Primal is theirs, and that's the end of this this issue. Oh man! So, and they make him look so cool. Like, yeah. like that is that is like he really the, the art the artist here just really took care. I mean, I think I just I think I notice it more than I mean. Obviously, the you know the main characters are going to be designed well and carefully designed, but like like. The the art here, this this uh, this design on on Polar Claw is, it's exactly like, but you know he has the he has the claws on his shoulder. He's got the red, uh, you know the red chest and arms and stuff. He's got the, you know the knee, the legs that come out at the knees to extend. Like that's exactly that's exactly yeah. the figure, but done in the but done in the style. Like I think he looks better than half the. Like he definitely looks better than like Nick's and uh, uh, the one that I always forget the name of the other. Uh, oh, other um, Scold. Scold, yeah. yeah. Like he definitely looks better than Nick's and Scold. Um, I mean, he looks. <sighs> yeah, he might like, be the. I mean, not to say that they're they're too far off with their designs, but I want to say that that polar this particular design for one of the Maximals in this comic, it's probably the most spot on that we've seen. Yeah. It's like, it's spot on while still clearly being like modified for the style. Like I think, yeah. 
Uh, um, I think that with with most of the Maximals, they kind of go back and forth between being drawn really like accurate to the to my picture of them in my head, yeah, and and stylized for the book. Mm-hmm. And but I think this, I just I don't know. It's just like hits all the hits all the right buttons, like. For for that, seeing I mean, it just makes me so happy to see. Well, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because the the next issue, um, we're back to Patrick Chan again, who I find has more closer to the cartoon designs uh-huh. with his art, because we pick up pretty much from where we left off. Optimus awakens in a cave, uh, back in his robot form. I will say that cover is bad. The um the John Jennings cover. That's it's a bad cover. Very. It looks like a sixth grader drew it. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's intentional. Well, you know what? That gives me a um an X Men archive vibe, like the the series that went into um sort of similar to like a lot of the the New Mutants. Okay. Um art as well as when shortly after they introduced Legion, they did like a mini, like a four issue mini series that delved into uh, like where he was getting like his sort of history, like where he was getting his powers from. They literally like go inside his mind. Like he sort of pulls them into his mind in a sense. Um, And the art style is very similar to that. Yeah. I mean, it might, I think actually that art style would work more for me in, uh, in a in a in a in the in the inside of a book but as a cover it, that ri- that looks i just i think it looks very uh like i mean unless he's going for the the like you know sketched in a sketched in a spiral notebook look yeah um it i i i think that's a like that, that just really jumps out because I, because I've really liked a lot of the art in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I just sent you a link to the, the four of the issues there. Three of the, three of the, the comic covers are very similar to, to that. And a yeah. lot of the, the inside, a lot of the interiors are, are very similar to it as well. Yeah. I know what, I know what you mean now. Yeah. There was, um, when they did when they did new mutants uh, in the was it the two thousands or something like that when the when the, it was the new mutants like teaching a new generation of Xavier kids they did a couple of covers like that yeah and and I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be like an homage to this kind of to this art style yeah okay I see yeah I see what you're saying uh, I think these look better. But yeah, I see what you're, I see what you're saying, uh, stylistically. I think, um, I don't love this. I don't love this <laughs> art style as an art style, but yeah, um, it's, it's not a great art style. It, cause it's throwback. When was that? When was that from? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was right before age of apocalypse before they, yeah, gave here. it, yeah, not, not the best. Not the not the best. Uh, yeah. But I think that I think that the the um, I can see where you're saying it looks kind of like that. I think that the 
Yeah, the John the John Jennings because the uh, and actually I, the Brendan Brendan Chi Brendan Chi cover is also very pencily. So they must have been, it must be intentional that they're that they're making it look like that I would assume that, so uh, design. Um, but I like the but I like the Brendan Chi cover and I I don't like I think it's I think it's it's their faces. Optimus and Megatron's faces on the John Jennings cover, uh, like really look like, yeah, they look like a little kid drew them, like yeah. a, a little kid that's good at art. Hmm. But like you know, like oh, definitely the, better than anything I could do. But. Like the sad kid in the corner in eighth grade. Yeah. But yeah, it, so we we've got both Optimus and Megatron who are in this cave. Both are in robot form. Uh, Optimus is still sort of feeling the effects from, from the anger inducing red kryptonite slash energon and tries to attack Megatron only to find out that there's a force field, which, uh, sort of zapped a bit more, uh, out of him as he starts to, to calm down as he's arguing with Megatron only to, you know, he, he suggests that they work together. Megatron is not overly keen on that. Um, but then we're introduced. They're interrupted by six more protoforms that have been discovered. And it turns out that they, uh, they don't align with either the Maximals or the Predacons at this point. But we've got Air Razor, Tigatron, Polar Claw, uh, Saber, but... Razorback, Saberback or Razorback? I can't even remember it now. Saberback. And then, and sorry, it's five, not six. Uh, Inferno from the show. So interesting that they, I mean, based on what we can remember from Tigatron, it sort of is in character for him because they're talking about how, you know, you brought this fight to the planet and you know we've had a spiritual awakening the fuck have guided us we you know we just want to live with the wild and nature but there's definitely some a bit of brainwashing here as well you could say yeah um you know megatron is 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 very angered and demands that he speak with the vok uh tigertron refers to them as gods uh, to which Megatron says, fool, there are no gods. Um, so there's a bit of a back and forth there. Uh, so, you know, Megatron basically says, I want to speak with them. Uh, the, the others leave. Uh, but o- like over the commotion that Megatron stirs up, Optimus notices some things with the dust that he brings up that it was, uh, that while his, while Megatron's weapon couldn't penetrate the force field, the dust was able to. Why was that? So, and then he realizes, oh, wait, we're both in robot mode, and I was in beast mode when they captured me. So why am I in robot mode all of a sudden? So he goes back into his beast mode, and lo and behold, he can pass through the force field. So, Optimus, this is where we get... What you're referring to referring to earlier, Kendall, we get a truce between Megatron and Optimus. <laughs> okay, so I had to look this up. Um, Saberback 
one that not one that I knew. Uh, he's a he's a, a, a stegosaurus. He transforms okay. into a stegosaurus and apparently is a compulsive liar, huh. according <laughs> to the one sentence of Wikipedia that I read. Okay, um, but uh, but yeah, he's he. It sounds like he shows up in some of the uh, later little Beast Warsy side story things. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, so that was, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, like polar claw, like we talked about why he's iconic yes. and then Tigatron, air razor and Inferno characters from the show. And then you've got yes. this Razorback who I didn't even know what is after reading this. I don't even know what his alt form is. Mm. Like he's, <laughs> he's just like this random other guy. Yeah. yeah so you get, you get a truce. So we get a truce. The Vok, as it turns out, are are watching over them as they are talking. And they continue to talk about, you know, letting this thing continue to sort of see from an experiment point of view how things go. Um, and of course, as Megatron and Optimus manage to leave the cave, they are immediately ambushed by the bots that just left. We get a pretty gruesome battle considering Megatron manages to to latch on to Polar Claw really quick while he's in bear form and come to find out Megatron's able to shoot his cannon while he's in beast form because he basically blows a hole yeah he he blows a hole through Polar Claw so we we have Polar Claw for as gruesome as it is I do like the exchange where he's like where he like picks him up off the ground he's like fight fair he's like no. <laughs> I really like um, when uh, th- this panel where Inferno is shooting his flamethrower at Megatron and yes. Mega- and just hitting him directly and Megatron's like just shrugging it off. Yeah, I really I really like I really like that um, as a as a moment. Yep. Um, we, we get the appearance of the gut gun, Tigatron's gut gun mm. as, 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 uh, Optimus slices through that with his swords, um, air razor manages to, to get a pretty good punch in on Optimus. Yeah. Megatron almost shoots Optimus in the back and then decides against it. Um, and then Megatron manages to, to grab onto both Inferno and, Saberback, <laughs> while he's holding him, he makes Inferno watch as Megatron basically crushes Saberback. Yeah, basically crushes him into two. Yeah, the looks of things. Yeah, hmm. yeah I mean these guys are sort of thing before. These guys are not holding back in yeah. this in this fight. Like they're like we are the two, we are the two strongest. We are we are not messing around. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It, it, very reminiscent of you want a piece of me? No, I want two pieces. Because <laughs> Saberback is like, please wait. <laughs> and then all we see is Inferno's face as sort of an outline in his eye and the, the big word crunch. <laughs> but uh, then all of a sudden, Polar Claw is brought back to life by the Vogue. Uh, or rather possessed by the Vok, I guess you could say. <laughs> Megatron still shoots him. Uh, and then the Vok appear in their normal form. Uh, 
So we get a bit of a where where the Vok starts torturing Megatron with their abilities. Optimus manages to plead with them, uh, say killing someone in battle because because they're like, yo, oh, you've managed to kill two of your, you know, two of your own kind, and Optimus says, well, that's been in battle because you forced them to fight us, as opposed to right. you just outright murdering Megatron. So, Optimus sort of pleads with them a bit, um, and sort of. You know, sort of robodopes them into, well, maybe you could learn something. And so they they sort of agree to give them a little bit of time. And therefore, and also the deal is that they cannot spy on them and to give them seven cycles to prepare for this showdown, I guess you could say. Very reminiscent of uh, what we had in, in the truce in the show, I guess you could say, in a sense. But yeah, that that was that was that issue. I thought it was. I mean, it certainly wasn't word for word like the show was in any stretch, but uh, definitely some shades of it, you could say. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that issue, that issue, um, that issue actually was fun. I think that issue I might have dozed off a little bit when I was reading it initially. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was as uh, finishing up the. Finishing up the reading tonight, and I was a little sleepy. Yeah, but, well, uh, and we're we're coming up on the last two issues for the entire series, aside from the annual. Um, yeah, it's this is where we sort of differ a little bit because we've got three of the the Predacons coming over to the Axelon, three of the Maximals going over to the dark side to try and sort of gather resources, figure out things that can be done. Yeah, they at least they at least do a little bit more better with this truce than, than, the, other, yeah. than in the show. Yeah, and we do get some pretty cool moments because technically I didn't attack you. I'm just yeah. swinging my arms. If you if you <laughs> happen to hit my arms, it's your own fault. Mm. Um, I'm just we learned we, lear- we learned if this we- pie gets eaten, it's its own fault. Mm. Um, but we get um. Waspinator has two degrees in astromech. Yes, as it turns out, apparently Waspinator <laughs> is really smart. Who would have known? Um, we get Waspinator, Black Arachnia, and Scold going to the Axelon. And then we've got Dinobot, Rhinox, and was Optimus? Did Optimus stay put? No, he came back. So it was just Rhinox and Dinobot who went back to the dark side. And then they brought three Predacons with them. Although. Yeah. Optimus does put uh, little devices onto them to uh, to make sure that they don't try anything fun. Yeah, which is which seems like they wouldn't have agreed to that. Yeah, like I was yeah. I was thinking about that a lot, and I was like, the only way they would have agreed to it would have been if the opposite was also true—that the Maximals could do the thing and the could have the explosive thing in the with the Predacon, but then the Predacons. It's- wouldn't be trustworthy to use the thing. Like, I don't know. It didn't really yeah. work for me. My, I think this my is, understanding was that it's not so much an explosion as it's just like a deterrent to turn you down so we can move, turn you off so we can just move you away. Yeah. Right, right, right. But, but even so, even so yeah. that seems, I, I don't feel like the, I feel like you have to just 
they have to just trust each other for this. Yeah. Um, maybe that would have worked. Uh, and then there's some of these character moments, uh, that we have in this issue that just kind of didn't, didn't totally ring true. Yeah. Waspinator being a astrophysicist or whatever. Mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. He knows, which I can kind of see it knowing how to put things back together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. It, It didn't, it didn't ring super true to me. And like, I don't know the, the way that the way that uh, that that Scorponok is written in these issues don't also sort of didn't ring true to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can you can really tell that this is the Codebreaker thing. At least they mentioned earlier in the comics at some point, I yeah. think. So yes. at least they 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 at least set that one up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the 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 Waspinator one definitely came out of nowhere, and it does kind of feel more like a joke than an actual like character mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Um, yeah, because one of the first things that happens once they start working on it is Rhinox is working on their trans warp engine. Uh, and while they can't get it working, he thinks that they could get a messaging function to work through it to maybe send a message to Cybertron. Uh, Except it would just destroy the drive to send that yes, burst so quickly. Exactly. And- I think what they mentioned is like, it's a good, it's, it's possible if they did it with their drive, because there's no way they can get their drive to ever work again, but they couldn't do it with their, with the Maximals drive, because then that would mean they would both be stranded. Yes. But as it turns out, someone just locked down their transwarp drive and it looks as though, you know, somebody just did it recently. Hence the reference to Scorponok being one of Iacon's top code breakers. Mm-hmm. To which Rhinox is like, oh, so we're out of luck. Um, <laughs> we get a moment between Black Arachnia and Cheetor as well, where Cheetor's like, yeah, well, maybe we wouldn't be having to try and scrape things together if you hadn't blown up our armory. Fair point. And he's like, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you'll have some reconsider some things. She's like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I also do like how she, they're like both bringing up very like fair points too. And it's like, it's like where like cheaters like, well, you know, we, we can't really escape either. And they sound like a bully and, you know, uh, primal doesn't really seem isn't the kind to just back down from bullies. And, Brackney is like, well, we landed on their planet and went to war. And he's like, are they just, are they bullies or are they just lost their patience? Yeah. And, and she was like, oh, hmm. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it's, it's meta, it's meta stuff that, that doesn't totally land. I think, I think like sometimes, sometimes self, you know, meta self-awareness works. And sometimes you can take it too far, especially like this, you know, this comic has a weird premise, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, that's based on a, that's based on a thing from 30 years ago. Like if you, if you start, if you poke too hole too hard, you will poke holes in the story. And mm-hmm. then, you, you know, I mean, I say, of course I say this as we're, you know, after having spent, 
<laughs> hundreds of hours uh, commenting uh, and trying to poke holes in this and all that stuff. But, but within the story, I feel like, I feel like you can only like, like self-awareness and meta commentary is a, is sort of a, it's a, it's a fine line. And I think yeah. that that, that bit, especially, I don't know. It kind of, it, it kind of crosses, it kind of crosses over the line to where it doesn't totally work for me. Mm-hmm. One, one, uh, or rather two references I will make between the discussion between Black Arachne and Cheetor. Cheetor is working on the gun that is, it looks very similar to the one that uh, Megatron used in that hunt episode where the Maximals were stuck in their beast forms and Tigatron had to talk them through it. it. looks like his big hunting rifle. And then the gun that Black Arachnia is working on is literally the gun that came with the optimal Optimus toy. Like yeah. The big orange gun. It actually mentions that in uh, the TF wiki. Yeah. Uh, that the uh, that the bulky handgun is based on Generation One Megatron's gun mode, complete yep. with the stock and silencer attachments. Yeah. Oh, so they were so they were both referencing that gun then. Yeah. Yeah, they were both referencing that guns. The, uh, that the um the that's that's cool. That's cool. That was the. That's call. Is it call of the wild? Is that what that episode I th- was? Think it is. Which I think was my. Didn't I say that was my number one episode? I believe you did. I, I think like in the show notes of the episode, it says not Kendall's favorite episode. And then when we did our top five episodes, it was my number one. Mm. <laughs> I also did like the the offhand remark to uh, Kemzek that they that they did when they were talking because Ryan. They're saying, oh, like, yes, they asked saying, what Rhinox's yeah, like Rhinox is and Dinobot are there to help them find a way to disrupt the Vok and and, you know, like energy beings. And he's like, what? And Scorpinox is like, what exactly is your expertise? He's like, I dissected a Crimson. He's yeah. like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, I just oh. dissected <laughs> an energy being. Um, we do get a pretty cool moment with Nyx and Scold, considering they're the two new characters for the entire franchise, uh, where, you know, they're talking a little bit about, um, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Let me pull it up here. Uh, oh yeah. They're talking about, you know, why are they working the way that they are? It was like, well, we're working in pairs. You know, trying to, you know, one ship has some stuff, the other ship doesn't. Um, and Scold comes across the fact that, wait, uh, she's like, how long does it take for unspace energy to completely fade after the time warp drive is used? And, and Nix is like, uh, I don't know. Computer answered the query and it's like three to four cycles. She's like, are there any unspace readings right now? And it's like, yes, there are. And both of them sort of have like this aha moment. And if you remember back way back in the like first or second e- issue, Skull was also the one to notice that unspace unspace uh, spike in energy when they when they crash landed. Yep, exactly. So yeah, that that I thought was kind of cute. Um, as it turns out, we go back to the dark side, and it's Megatron's codes that were used to lock down the transwarp drive. Only Megatron didn't do it. So which Megatron goes to Tarantulas <laughs> immediately. He's like, 
well, Dinobot's here and he's the traitor. He's like, well, Dinobot wouldn't have used my code and you're the only one who might have and I would know why. And Ranch is like, yeah, you see, and then tries to shoot. <laughs> and then tries to make a break for it. Yeah, and in the dialogue of him, of like Ryan Way, we find out he's trying to cut a deal with the Vok. Yeah. Yeah, so Megatron is chasing after him. He plans to kill him. And then we get Dinobot, you know, sort of sneakily jumping from the air and manages to pretty much stab Tarantulas. Yeah, skewer him. And Megatron's upset because he's like, no, he was mine to destroy. And Dinobot's like, well, I didn't destroy him. I've hobbled him. So a CR chamber will allow us to interrogate him. And that way he's much more useful. And Megatron's like, I'm thinking it over. (laughs) Rather useful than dead. And he's like, "Mm -hmm." yeah. But uh, then we get uh, Rattrap and Waspinator who are working on the engines trying to at least get it so that the ship can take off again. Uh, we, we see Rattrap's uh, big armored suit yep. from several issues ago, which is also very reminiscent of the one from Beast Machines. Uh, and, you know, Rattrap is kind of impressed with Waspinator and winds up giving him a fruit that he was asking about earlier, and he winds up scarfing it down. So Yeah, they, he's... Wasmeer says that they'll be able to get it like up and flying, but they can't get out of, out of the atmosphere. So yeah. like no interplanetary things, but at least they can fly around the planet if need be. Yeah. Uh, we do get Nick scold and Optimus talking and Nick's is very, uh, insistent that it's scolds theory to, to mm-hmm. tell Optimus that, you know, that scold, you know, had this theory and that, you know, Thanks, Scold, because it was good work, and this could be the break that we needed. And, you know, Scold's like, well, why did you tell him it was your my theory, and why didn't you want to take the credit yourself? And it's like, no, now come on. Let's, you know, I'm not going to do that. So that was a nice little moment to maybe try and get them to sort of hint that maybe things aren't so bad for, between some maximals and, and scold. So, um, but apparently there was a message sent to them saying that there was an attack and we cut back to the, to the dark side and tarantulas has been reawakened and they're interrogating him, uh, only to find out that tarantulas has managed to activate something. And that something turns out to be a zombie terror sore. Yeah, literally, like he it yeah. lives on it lives on eating other things. Also, another another yeah. another um another meta moment uh, here where where Tarantula says, "I, I uh, you you, di- you he says like uh, you know Megatron says I'm no fool." Tarantula and Tarantula says, "I don't know about that. You did expect undying loyalty." from a group of insurgents, <laughs> uh, which I don't know. It, it, I think that line works. Like, again, it's like a, it's like a fine line of, of, uh, you, you know, where that, that other, the other moment I didn't really like, I think that line works. I also think that, uh, 
less is more with the meta stuff. Like if that was, if we hadn't had, uh, the issue, the, the issue before where Optimus goes crazy and like makes a bunch of good points and, and then also like some of the, the stuff from earlier in this issue, I think that would have hit real, that would have hit really well. That would have been like, like a panel of the week kind of thing. But, um, in, we've just had a lot of that, but I do like that. I do like that observation that like, why are these even, you know, why are they even, and it sort of explains why half the episodes uh, were about one of the, one of the, uh, Predacons trying to usurp Megatron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we get a bit of a, a bit of a fight. Uh, this, this new pterosaur manages to, to take out everybody pretty handily and releases tarantulas who realizes that, wait, not everybody's here. Where's Scorponok? And it turns out that Scorponok was the one who sent the, the message over to the other ship using a data packet through Unspace with the transwarp drive. So Scorponok was able to act, you know, break the codes but then we get tarantula saying, oh, well, you know, the, this form, you know, I need to sustain him, sustain him. He's dead, but he still needs energon to function and I'm going to let him consume yours. So that's a bit, uh, creepy. And then tarantula makes mention that, you know, while, you were able to use this to contact the other ship. He's like, I'm going to try and send a packet to Cybertron to uh, see if I can maybe get a transwarp capable Starcraft. And I'm pretty sure that this, this issue must have been written right before they found out that they were canceled because nothing comes of this. Yeah, it, it was. It basically was uh, a backup for for uh, tarantulas to, base, to get another drive shift in, in case that they couldn't he he couldn't steal the maximal ones and theirs was destroyed. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, like nothing really comes of it. Yeah. Um. And even with this issue, we open up on this issue with Rhinox waking up. And Dinobot is sort of like they're protecting him, and we're already in the middle of a fight. So we've got the Maximals and the Predacons against the Vox forces. And, oh yeah, we've got Cybershark here. We've got a bunch of other you know, bots that we hadn't seen in media. We've got Cybershark. Polar, Polar, Polar car was repaired. Uh, I and think so, but there's like, yeah, a, he's there. I mean, yeah. he's that he's, he's featured prominently. So it's, it's either they repaired them or they're controlling them. Yeah. Um, Saberback, I think is back. We've got the sort of, we've got the, the dragonfly one. We've got the, the waspinator alternate deco. I forget his name. But yeah, we've, we've got a bunch of of other protoforms here that we never saw in the cartoon. We saw the toys, but we didn't get them on the show. They're showing up, which I thought was pretty 
pretty neat for callbacks, but at the same time, it would have been nice if we had had a chance to really. I, I do think I, I, I don't love, yeah, I don't really love the Vox stuff because it seems they're a little too like they're portrayed as like a little bit too like godlike and, yeah. and, uh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't totally work for me, but I do like them introducing a bunch more characters. Cause like when I was younger, like you looked for the episodes I looked forward to more than anything else were those episodes, those handful of episodes where a proto where a pod lands and it's, it's a race to see which side yeah. gets, gets to it first and, and can, you know, make them, make them on their side or in the case of the silver bolt episode, have them be a Predacon for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do get a, a good exchange between Optimus and Tigertron. I thought, even though it only lasts for a page because Optimus is trying to appeal to Tigertron saying that they, they don't have to do this. And Tigertron's like, well, you've invaded our world and you wouldn't and wouldn't leave when asked. And Optimus is like, this isn't your world. And he's like, but I was born here. Sort of, kind of, I guess. But yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. But yeah, we, we get a bit with Megatron attacking a couple of the other ones. Uh, Cheetor and Black Arachne are still sort of fighting side by side against a couple of them. This is where Cheetor, you know, sort of makes mention of, well, you know, decided that I'm going to be an optimist and believe that you can overcome your base program, you know, grow into a caring individual to which she's like, uh, don't bet it. Don't bet anything. You can't stand to lose on that. So. Interesting reference there. Uh, we get Waspinator and Rattrap who are putting on some finishing touches, some modifications to the weapons. Um, Scold uh, is like trying to appeal to the, the ones that have just woken up saying, you know, we could have been friends. You could have been like Razor Beast. We could have made things better instead. And she gets zapped. And then... Terrorsaur comes out and is freaking her out. She's like, "No, you're you're dead." She's like, "If my arm," she she was zapped by a stun blast. And she's like, "If if only I could move." She's like, "Fine, if you're going to kill me, just just make it fast." And then Rhinox saves the day, and you know what we get? We finally get to see him bring out the chain guns of command. <laughs> yeah, because this is one of those things where he's like, you know, I'm I'm kind of a pacifist. I don't want to hurt living things but you're not living. Yep. You have no spark. So he's not going to hold back and he uses those chain guns of command with the literal chain, like the little literal maces on them to, to smack pterosaur with them. So, so this bit I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, figure out how to articulate this. Like the idea that was introduced in the previous issue that, the you know the maximals and the and the predacons showed up at this world and are just fighting um is you know you know and and are you know like they don't they don't belong here first of all it's like did anybody think to ask why didn't anybody think to ask the vok 
well, you know, we'll leave if you give us a ship. Mm. Yeah. Um, like the way, you know, cause it seems like the Vok can do whatever they want. Um, yeah. Also, I, I think there's, and I mean, maybe, and I'm sure this had to do with, uh, with the, the book being canceled, but, but that's not an excuse for everything. Um, and I think the idea of a third faction that just opts out of the conflict, like, why wouldn't, why would a, like you're born, you know, if you're, if you are, I mean, these pro the protoforms that are born on this world and it's the only world they've ever known. Why wouldn't they just want to live their life? Like why, mm -hmm. why do they automatically wake up and, 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 and immediately be conscripted into a war that they have other than, other than that, like one side is nicer than the other. There's not really, uh, you know, they don't have particular loyalty to one side or the other. Um, you know, in the show, they just ended up mostly with the side that found them first. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And, and coincidentally, the ones that the Predacons found happened to be the assholes. Um, <laughs> but like, like, why wouldn't you have a faction that, and I mean, I, that's why I loved the, um, the, uh, the, the, the snow, the snow episode where, um, where, where Dino, where, where Tigatron says he's not gonna, he's not gonna fight. And, you know, of course the message of that episode i didn't i didn't love that and and the met and what tends to be the message when you have that of somebody opting out of the fight is that actually the answer is violence because if you because just because the good guy opts not to fight doesn't mean the bad guy is going to opt not to fight and i don't mm -hmm. love that message for like society and stuff so i actually like the idea of of a group that kind of that kind of uh you know opts out and, 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 you know, makes the world their own, but this, with this, it's like, they say that and then they just fight. Yeah. And then also the Maximals, I feel like these are like, they, these are the, like the max, these are the protoforms, yep. you know, these are the, these are the, the, your allies, your friends, these are your, these are your friends, you know? Like, these are your people. These are the people that you're trying to, the whole thing is you trying to protect them and stuff. And now you're just going to fight and, and just, and I mean, and in spite of the, in spite of various bits of dialogue that, that would suggest otherwise, I mean, they are, they are fighting and there wasn't a lot of ramp up to that. Like, I think it would be different if, um, like you could have had, I mean, maybe if you had more time, like you have you have them like stumble upon like a, a settlement of the protoforms and then, and then like they, they piss off the Vok and then the Vok like flip a switch and they all start fighting. Um, but I mean, one of the things that, one of the things that always bothered me about the matrix was the idea in the first, in the, the first matrix movie the, they, they say they're basically like, look, if you're not, if, if you're in the matrix and, and, uh, and, you just have to assume that every, like you just have to be willing to kill every single civilian in the, in the matrix. Mm -hmm. And be, because you don't know who's on your side or you have to treat them, you know, from their perspective, you're the, you're a villain or whatever. Um, and that always, that never sat right with me. And this is that same thing. Like, like they're fighting these, this, these, this brainwashed group that, 
I don't know. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, there's some, there's a nugget of good ideas there, but yeah, I mean, I, they got one, they got one issue. I almost, I almost just wish that they would have just, just not just, like, just kind of let it just kind of let it end where it ends, you know? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like, so, and I mean, maybe that's what it was. Maybe this was the arc that he wanted to tell. And, and then, but I don't know. Well, I mean, we're going to come on something here in just a second that I think they could have sort of ended it with something. Um, we do get like a bit of an exchange between Primal and Megatron because Primal, like Tigertron, Primal and Tigertron are still fighting. And Tigertron saying, well, we're flesh as well as metal. We can live wild and unobtrusively like we should. And Primal's like, well, that only works until the moment that the Vok decide that your existence compromises one of their experiments and that you can't exist on, by the whims of another. To which Megatron is like, oh, such an interesting sentiment from the oppressive Maxipol <laughs> overlord. Um, and Optimus like, not the time. <laughs> um we, we get a bit of a back and forth between Black Arachne and Tarantulas. You know, Tarantulas says that, you know, he's going to escape through Unspace to get back to Cybertron and that the future is going to be his and he's going to rule. Um, then the Vox show up. Uh, and they're basically like, yeah, we're just going to wipe the planet clean of, clean of all of you. And Tigertron's like, but we're well, doing what you asked. I like how they plan on doing this too. Is like, well, you know, this gave us enough time to set up and and set up our uh, reset device, yeah. which apparently was that floating mountain. Yes. Oh, also we get a reference to why couldn't we have made it a moon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he says he says why couldn't we have done it in one of the Earth's one of this planet's moons? Right. Like, why do you always want to have it in a moon? It's like maybe in some other universe it was in a moon. It's like every world we come to, you want to put a failsafe into a moon. It's impractical, Donar. If it if it was up to if it was up to you, the whole potion would be nothing but nude eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that I thought that was a pretty pretty funny reference there. Uh, the the Vocker about ready to blast it when all of a sudden a ship appears. Turns out it's the Axelon, and it zaps one of the Vok. And the others are panicking because, oh, my God, they, they just destroyed one of the how did they they've managed to weaponize the transwarp technology. And so we got Rat Trap and Waspinator who are taunting pretty, them, basically. Yeah, pretty much taunting them and just blast the other two away. And, and I, I like how Waspinator is like, how can we hear them so clearly? And and it's it's they make a meta reference, but then he actually is like, no, no, we have like external sensors. You know, yeah. but he's like, maybe who's ever in charge of our eyes uh, lost her mind. It's like, well, no, nah, no, nah, we've got sensors. That's really, you know, you can hear things outside. That's what our sensors are for. Yeah. Uh, we, we get Optimus who, you know, tries to appeal to Tigertron because they can't sense the Vok anymore. Uh, basically time Tigertron says, if you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. And of course, then Megatron basically is like, yep, uh, true silver. True silver. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. then he gets blasted away, but it turns out he was blasted 
a little bit into the future. The same weapon they used on the Vok, which, since he's not an energy being, it just pushed him into, uh, through on space. Yeah. Pushed him a few cycles into on space. And he comes out and, and he goes and it's the, it's the Lincoln Memorial. There's an (laughs) ape. It's and he turns final. around and there's a bunch of police officers that are apes. It's like my worst nightmare, all Optimus Primals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a bit of, so it looks like Black Arachnia is in charge of the, the Predacons now. Uh, she's basically like, uh, yeah, once both, once you guys leave, the truce is over. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, we worked well together. Maybe we can do that. And it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Cause, um, cause yeah. I think what, what they say is like black arachnia might not be, but all the others are wanted. Yeah. If they don't go back with Megatron, they're not going to, it's not going to end well for them. No matter what they, you know, the other maximal says like, you know, Oh, like they helped us or they were under distress or whatever. And without Megatron, they can't do that. Yeah. Like it's not going to help. Yeah. So it's like, everyone's well, we're stuck here until we get Megatron. Then mm-hmm. um, we do get Inferno uh, offering to pledge their loyalty to the Predacons and makes reference to the old, their old queen is dead. So please accept me, accept me into your colony. Uh, and then we get some foreshadowing that uh, Black Arachne is going to try and use the world-ending cannon to see about trying to repair their ship. Uh, the epilogue is, of course, Megatron appearing in some sort of a cave and looking to escape. And that is the end of the series. Uh, we do get a little bit of a, a letter from the writer, Eric Burnham. Uh so some of the story beats that they wanted to do, apparently Rattrap's love of fruit was going to cause a glitch in the system. Uh, that was going to be most inopportune and there was going to be a race to try and save him. Scorponok was going to find a rival in one of the unleashed protoform pods, which was going to turn out to be quick strike. Uh, whose only goal was to replace him. Rhinox was going to be a suspected Predacon mole. Black Arachne was going to take over the Predacons for a little while when Megatron was taken off the board and that they were at least able to hint on that. Uh, there was going to be a fight tooth and nail to get the original Dinobots. All of them are at least Grimlock into the book. And they thought that Waspinator, Waspinator might head off and join the Children of the Vok to leave the fighting behind. And then they also wanted to bring in Fusors. And finally, they wanted to bring in both the Tripredicus Council and the Maximal Elders in the form of Combiners. So, but sadly, we didn't get any of that. Yeah. Um, You know what I think would be good is if uh, if Megatron uh, went out of the cave and fell down and (laughs) lost his memory Mm. and then turned (laughs) into a T-Rex. And then this guy uh, who was like a two bit criminal would like stumble on him and then like use, uh, use him to like rob banks so that he could like, yeah, like rob banks or whatever. Mm. And then, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like the, like the, like my favorite issue of the, of G1. 
uh, but with the but with the the T Rex instead of the gun. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think you could probably tell exactly the same story if the guy if the if the guy had a T Rex as if the guy had a uh, magic gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to to touch on the the annual because the annual had three very three short stories. Yeah. Let's let's be quick with the annual because yeah. I didn't yeah. I didn't think yeah. it was it was um, very remarkable. So the annual we we had skulls no good very bad day rhinox is amazing adventure and then the morphlings. Um, skulls bad day is basically uh scold getting picked on picked on by everybody in, on the predacons. And then gets trapped in a cell with a well, their name's Power Hug. We don't know if they're yeah. why they're in there. They could be just a Predacon that pissed off Megatron, or they're a captive or anything. Yeah, um, but then, I, mean, I do I do like how like the Power Hug does at least you know cheer her up and give her like a boost of confidence. Yeah, and then what she does with that. But yeah, it's a very short story. <laughs> yeah, she ripped I, off his head in order to get a part in order to escape, and that yeah, freaks out all the predators. I think, so they I were think um, this one happened. This one would have been. This one would have been better. This one would have been better if it was if it was Waspinator. Um, because yeah. I feel like Waspinator is a better butt of jokes. Like they tried to make, yeah. they tried to make Scold the butt of the joke, but also like the, the sort of heart of the Predacons, mm-hmm. and. And so it it didn't, and I and I think to the extent I didn't love the character, but uh, to the extent that she worked was more the like the like heart, you know, um, like I'm still a I'm still a predicate, like the the black arachnia story storyline in the in the show where it's like I'm still tech I'm still a predicon I'm not you know I'm not going to just switch and be a maximal, but but I also uh, but I have standards have yeah but I'm also like not a horrible person. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm one of the I'm one of the good ones. You know, there's heroes on both sides and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like in this, like if it's going to be like the the butt of jokes and stuff, I think Waspinator is a better a better butt of a joke. Mm-hmm. Although the art was pretty good in this in this yeah. one. Yeah, um, we get uh, Rhinox is trapped in some sort of a maze. It turns out the Waspinator is as well because. Black Arachne and Tarantulas put him in there as sort of like a guinea pig. And we get sort I, of like a, a Marco Polo. I do. And from this one, there's the, the one bit I liked about it was the recording from, from uh, Tarantulas because it's just him monologuing and you can't hear it. But Black Arachne is apparently there and yelling at him for monologuing. Yes. And it goes, to, and it literally goes on too, too long because after, after a certain point, it's, it's like the message has exceeded the recording time and just cuts off. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, there's there's fun things in each of these stories, but they're like like we're saying they're just short, out of context mishmash kind of things. And I and I tend to not like the I tend to not love these uh, takes on a on an annual. Like I I would prefer like my my take on an or my my thing for an annual is you usually want one like satisfying self contained story. And then some backup. And then if you want to do some backup couple page stories, that's fine. But when they, I don't really like the ones where they, uh, where they split it up into a number of, of just, just short stories. Like the, uh, even, even like something like, uh, like Action Comics 1000, I really didn't like because it was, it was a bunch of little short stories, none of which were that, uh, satisfying. 
And I think this one here, because like, I mean, and I was, again, I was kind of tired when I was reading, um, when I was reading this one, but the, like the Rhinox story just like kind of like didn't hold my interest at all. Mm-hmm. Some, the art style is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the art style is, is kind of interesting. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like you could have a good bit, but it just didn't, it just didn't hold my interest. Yeah. And then the third story was the, the Morphlings, which is essentially yeah. Cheetor telling a story around a campfire, which is basically the premise of beast machines in a sense. Cause Morphlings were Morphlings and beast machines. Was that a thing? I don't think I so. Don't think so specifically. I, I don't yeah. think they were the the uh, were a weapon or problem that caught that happened in any of the beast machine stuff. Yeah. Um, but it basically talks about you know <laughs> Mega Savage, I, which is like uh, think Megatron just bigger, better, and bleaker, which <laughs> pretty much Megatron and beast machines. Um, also that, introduced what was it Night Streak? Uh, but yeah. But yep. us and and uh, Silver and, Claw, and what was it? Uh, Nix is like, wow, they sound really edgy and cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, it actually looks like it looks like uh, uh, Morphlings was were were just new for this. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, and it, it's basically like Silver Claw is taken over by this bacteria, which turns out that it was you know. Uh, Nitreek is going to use the bacteria to destroy Mega Savage, but it turns out that Mega Savage is the one who designed it. So essentially, it means that Mega Savage wins. Yeah, and the other ones are like, you know, that can't be what Cybertron is going to be like. Because it's a campfire tale where he's like saying this might be in the future or the past or or whatever. and And like, Cheater's like, maybe this is what Cybertron's going to be like when we get back. Maybe it's just the same when we get back, no matter what. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, you know, that's, that's how the, the annual was. But overall, this, I thought the series had good issues at times, but in some spots, not great. And I think that the the ending sadly was rushed because of the circumstances, of course, with with the license being pulled. I I certainly would have liked to have seen it end a bit differently or some things expanded upon, but they I think they did the best that they could with the time that they had. So it's a, I, it's a nice three it's a nice three volumes. Like yeah. I think yeah. I think it works as a it works as a whole. And I mean the ending's not terrible. I think we're yeah. you know, we're we're overanalyze we're, we're obviously overanalyzing it um i think the thing i think the thing works as works as a whole uh and and also like when you're when you read the whole you know the whole thing then the last couple issues are just you know are just wrapping things up it really does seem like it really does seem like they had they had this this volume felt like the world was really established like the first yeah. the first two volumes was was set up this this really i feel like moved moved the it it moved things away from uh con- from the stories of the of the show really felt like it was its own comic universe it's it, i would i would like to see more 
Um, and also I kind of feel like if, um, if it, I don't even know now that we've like talked through it, I don't even know that it's that the ending was rushed. Um, or but, they had to do an ending because they knew they it was going to end. No, I, I almost, I almost think I don't know. I almost think I mean I don't, I don't think that the craft was there for the last two issues. I think there was some like some of the the art wasn't as good, and there were there were a number of those kind of meta moments that didn't that didn't add up to a total of of me loving it. Mm-hmm. But if if you had these two issues. And then the next arc established, you said the children of the Vok, where you have this, where you have this group of, of people who, of, of, uh, of, of people who opt out, you know, conscientious object objectors. And that like, that's a, that's a really interesting dynamic to me. And maybe, you know, maybe there's a situation where, you know, where they do, where, you know, where they do, uh, uh, recruit some, you know, where the Maximals re- try to recruit some of them or where like the Predacons do something that's so bad that Tigatron and Air Razor decide to, to help the ma- the Maximals. Like, like it, it really opens up, it, it really opens up the world where we ended is a really interesting place to open up for, you know, to be a jumping off point. It would be great if the next, you know, if, if the, if the next publisher used this continuity as a jumping off point for their next beast, beast Wars series, I don't, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, uh, when, uh, when, when angel went from IDW publishing to, uh, to, um, uh, to dark horse, when they went from IDW to dark horse, um, they, you know, continued that same continuity uh, when, um, I think GI Joe kept the same continuity from like Marvel to IDW to wherever, uh, you know, so, so you can do that. Um, obviously there've been a lot more transformers continuities and this is a, an offshoot <laughs> continuity anyway. So the likelihood that that'll happen, but it's comics like comics, any, anything can happen in comics. And I, I, I really like. I like where that I like where it ended. Um, I just, I don't think it's not even that. Yeah. I don't even think that it's that the last two issues that were rushed were, were or that the last two issues were rushed. I just think that they weren't good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, they, didn't that's bring, kind of, they didn't bring their full force. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Or, or it's just, I mean, or it just was like a weak point in the series because uh, endings are hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and and comic book storytelling is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you spend because because even if it wasn't, even if the even if the the book was going to go on, probably uh, this Vox story was probably going to have somewhat of an ending. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, especially like you like if you said like things that he was looking forward to. Like he was gonna have he was gonna have Waspinator go join the children of the Vok. Uh so that means that the children of the Vok stuff was wasn't thrown in at the last minute. Yeah, they uh-huh. they had plans for him. So just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Especially going through it a second time, uh really, you know, page page by page the way that we the way that we did with this. It's interesting. It's interesting. Also I'll say 
just in general, I've I've reviewed a lot of comics as a as a as a podcaster. Usually, don't do page by page breakdowns <laughs> the way that we do with uh, the way that we do with with uh, uh, TV show rewatch podcasts. But this format has been really interesting. Uh, going through going through beat by beat of these uh, these comics. Um, yeah, made me made me notice things that I missed the first time around. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad we I'm glad we got to do this. Hopefully, we get to do this about other stuff in the future. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, I'm sure we'll do uh, we'll do a podcast on Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And also, uh, one one la- one other thing. Uh, let me see if I can figure out what page this is on. On page 150 of your digital reader, there's a uh, there's a there's a co- a cover that is by by Kelly Deng of and it's Cheetor transforming from his robot form into the cheetah form, but done in the style of an Animorphs cover. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember I, I remember that. seeing that. Yeah, I love, I love that so much. <laughs> I thought that was a neat little nod. That's actually now that I think about it, that's probably the Cheetor issue. What which issue number was that? Was that twelve? No, um, there's it was for the retailer incentive cover for seventeen. Okay. Well, that's lame because that's not a good issue. Yeah, it's not a good. It's not a good. It's not a good reference issue. It was, uh, it was by Kelly Dang. That Dang. That Dang. D-N-G, you said? Yeah. Yep. Kelly Ding. Yes, but... So, yeah. There you go. That's that's the, the Beast Wars series, as short as it was. Yep. Uh, so, do either of you have something? I guess uh, we'll start with Jordan. Jordan, do you have anything you would like to plug this week? Um... Hmm... I'm still plugging, you know, uh, Alphabet Flight. Uh, Art's getting help from a new friend, like from one of his friends from Perry, who's been on, like, uh, this is my bourbon podcast. Mm-hmm. So they're helping, and uh, this week they're 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 doing, uh, well, the week of this the, of uh, what is this March, the first week of March. They're yep. they're doing they're they're actually Perry's actually doing some of the uh, hosting specifically and and. With plus others co-hosting this time, uh, but fun. yeah, so like, but yeah, there it's it's fun and like I said, there's so much and they're all like you know pick up and drop kind of things like, like yeah, I mean you can just look up an episode on a specific character, you know, and I I don't know it's it's for for me like when I was growing up like the the official handbook of the Marvel universe was like one of those things where, that I found in a. Barnes and Noble or Walden books and it's like oh my god this is this is so awesome like I can I don't it explains so much and blah 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 and it was like like a great thing for a kid who liked like learning like you know continuity and learning everything about about them without having to <laughs> without having to read 30 or 40 comics mm. <laughs> but it's 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 fun um so but other than that I don't think there's much else I have to plug Okay. Kendall, how about you? Okay, so uh keeping busy. Um movie roundtable 
We talked about Inception, and then we just recorded. I haven't put. Po- I don't think I've posted our Bullet Train episode yet. Um, uh, but that's always you know Kendallcast.ninja. Um, and then uh, I have some. <laughs> I have some. That's what we called musics that should be coming out in the next few weeks uh, that we've got recorded waiting to post. Um, I've got, there's, there've been since the first of the year, about five new episodes of beyond Bulbasaur. Um, format is different than it used to be. Uh, it's, it's just me kind of talking about a Pokemon for three or four minutes. Um, real, real digestible. And then I've got a project upcoming that I'm, I'm, I guess I'll like officially announce here or something, mm-hmm. uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, what I'm calling monorail minute. The name may change between now and then uh, I'm doing a minute by minute breakdown of Marge versus the monorail, the famous, uh, probably the most celebrated Simpsons episode of all time. Uh, Going to be doing um, once it starts, which I don't have a start date. It will be three times a week uh, for the, you know, 22 mi- 22 episodes or whatever. However many minutes <laughs> are in a, or in an episode of the Simpsons. Um, but I am hoping I've got a bunch of episodes scheduled with a bunch of guests and a bunch of stuff. It's going to be a big project. I'm hoping that it happens. Um, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, lots of stuff at Kendallcast.ninja. Um, you know, if you like me here, I'm more professional over there, but only by <laughs> a little bit. Um, Yeah. And Star Wars card stuff too, but if if you if you like if you like Star Wars CCG and listen to this podcast, but somehow don't know about my Star Wars CCG content, then uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, that that seems like a weird Venn diagram. But uh, but that I do I got a bunch of Star Wars CCG stuff uh, nice. going on too. Also at KendallCast.ninja. Right on. Award-winning content, two-time content creator of the year. How many people can say that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they've only given it out twice. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Although I had to share, I I, I was a, I was a co-winner this past year. But anyway, Mm -hmm. that's that's you know, it is what it is. But fun stuff. And of course, if, if you're listening to us, you probably know all about AudioEntropy.com, where there's a bunch of different podcasts like Teenagers with Attitude and Idol on Playtests and a whole slew of others. So be sure to check those out. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Warren Beast. Hopefully we're no longer shadow banned. I don't know why that Uh-oh. happened. Yeah, it was weird. I think it's, I think I used too many hashtags. Too many hashtags. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can find us on on Twitter at Warren Beast. You can if if you're not trying to scam us with anything, you can send us email. <laughs> we still have an email, WarrenBeastPodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, you can find us there, or you can find us on Facebook as well. We we still have the Warren Beast Podcast Facebook group, also. So there you go. But yeah, so that's been it for another another week, another month. You. Be sure to uh, to keep your eyes peeled for rot, for the new Transformers movie coming out. I'm sure we will be reviewing it once all of us are able to watch it. And 
you can check for an episode on that. We'll be making sure to let folks know on Twitter when that's going to be coming. But with that being said, for War and Beast this week, I have been Greg. I've been Jordan. Shut up, nerds. (laughs) I'm Kendall. Till all are one, folks. On a podcast full of nerds, I never (laughs) thought I would be the jock.